Newsmakers Week with Bickley and Murata Mornings. Now we roll into the 9 o'clock hour on this final day of Newsmakers Week 2024. Uh, joined in studio by Fiesta Bowl Executive Director and CEO Eric Moses. Eric, great to see you again. Thank you so much. Thanks for making us feel completely underdressed today. <laughs> I get dressed well when I'm going to be in the presence of greatness. That, see that, so where are you headed guy. after this, this guy? <laughs> <laughs> where, where are you yeah, encountering right, this greatness? Right. Where will that greatness be on your I was told today? this was the number one sports show in, in the, the country, valley, you know, if the country, not the entire Eric? universe. Absolutely. And yes, so I dressed appropriately. Very well Eric, done. if you listen very to well it, if you believe our, pro, our very own promos, it's the greatest radio show that's ever existed. Well, see, there you go. There you go. I'm happy to be here. Uh, you are in your position, now just wrapping up last year, but on the precipice of a new world in college mm. football with this 12-team uh, playoff. I mean, how's it, how's it feel going into it? And I know there was news on that front just uh, in, the, in the last few days. Yeah, I, I tell people I've never lived in California and had to deal with earthquakes, but being in college athletics kind of feels like the ground is moving under your feet every day. Every day. Um, we're excited about the, the expansion of the playoff format from Florida. 12 teams. We will be the first ever quarterfinal uh, in CFP history this year on December 31st. The other three will be on January 1st, and so we're, we're excited. Oh, As a bowl like of firsts, oh, like we that. think it very fitting that, that that should happen with us and that new part of the format should be introduced here in the Valley. Yeah, and you know what's interesting is it, a day after all that seemed to be announced, uh, the, the powers that be got back together and we're talking about going to 14. And, and, and a lot of people are like, well, can't you just roll through 12 at first? This has always been kind of in the works, right? That eventually we're going to keep expanding this. And that's good. I think it can be. I, I think this year and next year will be interesting to see how the marketplace accepts the expanded format. Mm -hmm. What do those first round games look like on campuses? How do they operate and run? What are the ratings on them? Same thing for the quarters and the semifinals. The thing that I love about it, like the NCAA tournament, is that every game is a game of consequence. You are in the pursuit of a national championship and that raises the stakes mm -hmm. for everyone involved. Get out, Wade. Do you know, and, and I'm, I'm looking at the way this is set up, and, and you have the first quarterfinal, the P Peach Bowl, Rose Bowl, Sugar Bowl have the other quarterfinals in this first go-around in this 12-team tournament. Do you know what your seeds will be, or is that determined at a later date? No, we, we don't know. Um, you know that the, the top four conference winners, mm -hmm. uh, top-ranked conference winners, will get by. Sure. And then five through eight, uh, I mean, yeah, five through eight will host nine through 12 mm -hmm. on campuses. So we're hoping that there will be some regionality involved, right? I mean, if I'm the CFP, I want the very best matchups possible. Now, one of the great things that I think that we're anticipating in 26 and beyond, when everything is kind of back on the table, including potentially 14 teams or 16 or however many they're going to do, is that right now you have this little bit of a rift between the New Year's Six. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I just mean Fiesta, Cotton, and Peach do not have ties to specific conferences. Mm -hmm. The Rose, Orange, and Sugar do. In 26 and beyond, our understanding is that all that goes away. No. We all get treated the same. Wow. And so, you know, from a fan's perspective and a promoter's perspective, that's what I want. Because each game should have the best possible matchup and the one that most people can attend, that's going to be jumping inside the building and on television. And I think that freedom and flexibility will allow us to do that. There was, there was a report that uh, that some NFL, unnamed NFL executives are getting a little antsy over the fact that the college 
college football playoff might take place on Saturdays in December, where the NFL likes to roll out their Saturday games. I would take that as uh, as a compliment of what is coming, because if the NFL is getting concerned about this, that means that a college football playoff is probably going to pop. What? How do you think this is going to hit people? Because this is this is something that is this is a game changer, in my opinion. Yeah, look, I think college football and college athletics in general are, are, are special, and they're special in a way that I don't want to say that, that the pros aren't, but it's just different, right? The affinity is different. The depth of the affinity is different. You know, I went to North Carolina, so if you wore that UNC on your jersey, I don't care what sport you play. It could be tiddlywinks. I'm following you, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. and that's different. I'm a, I'm a, I have pro teams that I love, too, but it's just a different kind of thing. Sure. So, but that said, the NFL is 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 the behemoth. And mm-hmm. I don't think, as the kids would say, we don't want that smoke, right? So <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we want Good that. Point. But figuring out how mm-hmm. to extend the playoff to bring more people in, to bring casual fans in, because now you have these stories of, oh, wow, a 12 beat a 5 on campus. Mm-hmm. Now they're moving on to the quarterfinals. I got to watch this team. Imagine if last year Liberty had been hosted by Florida State in Tallahassee, which is what it would have been, and had won that game, and then come to the Fiesta Bowl to play a team yeah. like an Oregon or a Washington or something like that. Then you got a story. Like you guys yeah. are talking about it, yeah, we're yes. talking about it, and people are trying to get out there to see that. Yeah. So I, I love that part of it. Eric cool. Moses, the uh, executive director and CEO of the Fiesta Bowl, our guest here on uh, Newsmakers Week. I wanted to go back to something you said earlier. 2026 and beyond, those those conference ties for the, the bowl games that still do have those conference ties goes away. I'm curious what the feedback is that you've received on that in terms of what you brought up. Hey, the fans being excited for better matchups, but also on the traditional side, people that are against this. I, you know, uh, so much of the tradition of college football has been sapped away over the last five years. What, what kind of feedback, negative and positive, have you received on that? So here's what I would say. One, 26 and beyond is still up in the air. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So they may keep the conference ties. Okay. I think that the goal of the CFP is to make all of us kind of the same. And, and so there's some continuity there. Um, you know, I, I think folks are excited about what could happen in that People want some tradition to be left while we're disrupting the entire landscape of things. But that's why the Bulls are so important, because the Bulls represent a tradition of college athletics and college football in a way that I think no other facet of college football does. I mean, rivalry games do, but we're disrupting those because of the conference realignment. So no more Bedlam. Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State. Like, I think they're keeping the Red River rivalry because they're both moving together to the SEC, Texas and Oklahoma. But those kinds of things are going to be uh, less common. So we need the bowls and all of the great memories that ours and all of the others bring to, I think, preserve some of that tradition, which, again, going back to my previous comment, makes college football special. How, how do you keep them viable in the in the presence in a court injunction with a expanded playoff format? The, the bowls in yeah, general? Yeah. Well, I think the New Year's six are probably the safest because Mm -hmm. we are the meat of the playoff format. I think the other 36, um, it'll depend on on the strength of your market. It'll depend on the strength of those matchups. We like where we sit with the guaranteed rate bull down at Chase Field because we've got the Big 12, which is growing and expanding. And And local now. Right. Right. And local Uh, and the Big 10. Here's the thing to think about for us, though. There is no West Coast Conference anymore. 
That is true. So again, going back to how the seeding works, we need the CFP to be able to put the the teams that make the most sense in the games that make the most sense, rather than oh well, someone has a tie with the with the Pac-12, and so they have to go across the country or, or whatever it would be. They need to be able to put the best teams in the places where people are able to drive to those games, fly quickly, and fill up the stadium. Mm. Talking with Eric Moses, executive director and CEO of the Fiesta Bowl here on Arizona Sports. Uh, you mentioned Liberty, uh, uh, you know, in going over a potential matchup under this new format. They were in town for the Fiesta Bowl. Let's play a little bit of rewind uh, against Oregon. And the last time we spoke, it's before that pairing came out. And I know some reaction was, wow, Liberty's in the Fiesta Bowl. Great story, but dot, dot, dot. How did that all work out to have a, a, a mid-major uh, like that with not a strong football history in, in, well, in your bowl game? It worked out 45-6. to six. You remember how it worked out, Vinny? <laughs> well, I know how it worked out on the scoreboard. <laughs> it started off great. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> with that right. first drive, we, we thought, we got a game. And then right. not so much. Right. Um, so, look, the one thing I will say is that it was a fantastic opportunity and experience for the entire Liberty travel team. Mm -hmm. We got great notes and feedback from their chancellor, their president, all the way down. The student athletes had a ball. They were so excited to be here. Conference USA was so excited to have their first New Year's Six entrant. Um, you know, they aren't at the same level as, as an Oregon. And uh, and that showed on on the field. And so while I think that was great, the promoter in me says I would prefer to had you know, Oregon play Texas mm -hmm. or somebody oh, yeah. like that. Right. And so I'm hoping with this new format, we will get matchups more like that. The group of five, as you guys know, the CFP just met to to approve the five plus seven format going to 12, meaning, you know, the, the top five, uh, uh, the top four conferences get a bye and then there's a fifth. So that means there will be a group of five team mm -hmm. in those automatic bids, right? So we will still have this concept, but they will likely, and I don't mean this disparagingly, but those teams that aren't as strong will likely get weeded out in the process, yes. right? And so I think we're going to have much better, stronger matchups moving forward because of the new format. But I will say I'm a fan of that. I think representation for those conferences is very important. If, if, the, if the Power Five conferences can schedule those schools in the regular season, they should be represented for a chance to win a championship. So, I usually agree with you on everything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I disagree so, with them. So, so here's the, the, the rub on that. The teams that would have previously been in kind of a group of five conference, mm -hmm. say like a Cincinnati, okay. when they went up and went to the and, and went to the CFP, they're all moving into the bigger conferences now. They're being yeah. like gobbled up by the big conferences. And so who's going to be left? And are the teams that are left mm -hmm. in those group of five that's conferences going to be strong enough in terms uh, of making the investment they need to make in their facilities mm -hmm. and their players and their coaches and all that stuff to really compete? Because it does not benefit the enterprise of college no. football to have lopsided matchups. Well said. And, and look, I, you know, I'm all about kids having a chance and, and I like Cinderella stories and all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. I have nothing against smaller schools or what have you. But I want great matchups, yes. and I want yeah. people to see yes. fantastic football. We all do. Oh, Eric, it's always great to catch up. Great with you. stuff, Thanks so Eric, much for coming in with the K. Uh, best of luck. That's my man. That's right. <laughs> I got it spelled right on my show sheet too. I love it. I love it. <laughs> great to see you. Eric Moses, Thanks, the uh, Fiesta Bowl executive director and CEO, our guest. We continue Newsmakers Week. Another CEO, the CEO of the uh, Arizona Coyotes, Javier Gutierrez, joins us next here on Bickley and Murata Mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Newsmakers Week with Bickley and Murata Mornings. The Arizona Coyotes.
We head back to the ice. The president and CEO of the Arizona Coyotes, Javier Gutierrez, kind enough to join us in studio for Newsmakers Week. Javier, great to see you. Great to see you guys. Thanks so much for having and, me. And, and we have to say this. We have to, because we were complimented Eric Moses yes. on his dress. Yes. Nobody is more sharply attired than Javier. All the time. Always brings it. Yeah. All three guests. Yes, we'll with it. the suit and the tie with the Jordans. Yes. Fantastic. Yes, oh, I didn't even look. see the Jordans. Oh, that's fantastic. We'll take a picture outside. Don't worry. <laughs> color coordinated or the yeah. original colorway? Got, got to do it. All right. Wow. The patent leather even. Mm. Yeah. Dang. There you go. Um, we'll start here. We got a lot to tackle, sure. obviously. Absolutely. There's there's a lot out there. But uh, I want to start with the exciting news. And we've been talking so much about the way television sports is packaged. And I know you've got a new way uh, mm-hmm. for, for fans to enjoy the uh, Coyote Central streaming service. Tell us more about that. Yeah, actually, it starts with our partnership with Script Sports, uh, which we launched, you know, Arizona 61. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was some back and forth on their end in terms of the channel placement. But I got to tell you, we increased by over 650% in terms of the households. The wow. RSN model, as you know, in this market went away. And unfortunately, we were under 900,000 homes with the RSN. We're now at over 3 million. Wow. And so we knew that second step was going to be streaming. You have now this distributed model of content. It's in your hands. So when you're shopping, when you're at your kids' practice, you want to see the Coyotes. And we knew that was going to be a part of this. We've excited, we're excited to launch it again with Scripps as well as our technical technology partner, Kizway, uh, that has been doing this for other organizations. And this is just the beginning. Now you're going to not only have the games, you're going to have premium content that's exclusive to that platform, mm-hmm. a lot of behind the scenes. We're going to do some alternative uh, cast, the alt cast model that you're seeing more and more uh, platforms go to. Perhaps we'll get you guys on and uh, you guys can call a game uh, from your perspective. Oh, wow. Those are the types of things. <laughs> Let's do it. Do. We can do that. There you go. We can certainly, we're certainly capable of that. Um, okay, I, I want to talk about this because we've been talking with you about arenas and your new home for a couple of years now and, and it, it, it it doesn't seem to matter how often people like you or your GM or your head coach pledge allegiance to this market. There's a level of trust here. People mm-hmm. seem to not believe what is being told. What, what are you guys up against? Why is there so much disinformation? Why is there so much lack of trust when it comes to this? Well, I think it starts because when the team moved here in 1996, they moved into a facility that had 4,500 seats obstructed. And then the second decision, I love the West Valley. I've been on record saying this has no reflection on that, but we're in the live events business and the live events business, especially during the week, you need to be where the population center is, where the corporate center is, and the previous location just wasn't that. And so there was always this discussion, not to mention that the municipality went from a 20-year lease to a year-to-year lease and created a lot of that uncertainty. We showed up with a plan. And we tried to execute on that plan. The first privately funded sports and entertainment facility in the history of Arizona. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the voters of Tempe did not uh, see it how we did. And, uh, you know, we were going to buy a landfill. Uh, and it is a landfill. And unfortunately, the taxpayers of that municipality are now realizing that they have a very large bill to clean up that landfill. Uh, but that's for them. And we quickly moved on. You know, uh, there are some things that I wanted to kind of get out there. But 
but there are some things that we cannot since we're in a process that we don't uh, control. But the reality is a month after that vote, we submitted an application for state-owned land, and uh, we started working on that project, uh, which is a process that, again, is run by the state. We also looked at well over half a dozen other sites. We actually put two others under contract, one of which uh, made the, the public news. We were not sitting idle. We know that this is the issue. This is the thing that will finally really calm all the concerns. We are committed to being here, and every action we have taken has shown that. When we had to move on, Alex Morell spent over $30 million to say, I'm staying here. We've incurred losses, and we'll, we'll talk about the mullet experience because from a financial perspective, it has done what I told you. I came in here and told you guys mm -hmm. we would make more money. And we have, when it comes to ticketing, the challenge are the other assets. It's just a small facility. But that's why, at mm -hmm. the end of the day, we know this is about actions. It's about actions on the ice, and you're seeing that with the team and the development. We can talk about that. And off the ice. And we just, we have to fulfill it, and that's what we're focused on. With uh, you moving, we're talking to Javier Gutierrez, president and CEO of the Coyotes. You mentioned moving on. And a quick, uh, after the Tempe vote went down, you had to move quick. You did. You put your bids in. In terms of where that is right now and the reality of this becoming and coming to fruition for your organization, is, is will anything in the future be exempt from a public vote? Because I think that's very key to this whole thing. A hundred percent. And that's why we've honed in on this particular site. It is not only an ability for us to buy from the state, which is obviously not subject to a vote. It's subject to an auction, which we can talk about why we know we're going to be the winning bid. Uh, but second, you're allowed to actually build the uses that we want to build. You know, you can build the arena, the theater, the practice facility, 1,900 units of housing, actually 2 million square feet of commercial. We're not going to build that much. But the point being is that we quickly told the commissioner, we told the NHL, we understand we're not going to subject ourselves to a public vote. We're also going to pay for it. Again, mm -hmm. we are not talking about moving. We will, we have been very clear. Alex Morello has said, I'm not selling the team. I'm not moving the team. I want to pay for my arena. Give me that opportunity. I want to move forward. And that's what we've said from day one, and we have never changed our tune. Mm -hmm. The state-owned land is a, is a great solution. Uh, the timeline that it re requires can get a little problematic, as you know, especially when you have the head of the NHLPA, Barkinich, and, and I'm really curious why Marty Walsh continues to fight this battle when he knows the commissioner is trying to make this market work. It's been very surprising, a lot of that commentary. And, you know, he, he came to meet with us. He, he was at, it was at Mullet, and he offered to try to uh, work with us and, and help us in terms of the previous, um, you know, campaign that we were under. And, and then it, it seemed to stray. And the reality is that both Alex Morello and I had met with the previous PA head on a number of occasions um, and, and kept him quite informed when he asked us to. Uh, the current one has not has not requested a meeting, has not requested information, but has been very vocal uh, in a process that, quite frankly, uh, we work with the commissioner and mm -hmm. we work with the league and we work with the ownership on moving forward on. So uh, we're not quite sure what the animosity is. We understand, no one understands better that mullet is a temporary solution. Mm -hmm. 
We know that more than anybody knows that. We have never shied away from saying that that is the case. And uh, he's heard that as well. So I'm not sure if there is a positioning to try to show, um, you know, the, the Players Association that he is in at the forefront of a process that, quite frankly, we deal with the commissioner on. What kind of feedback, you know, piggybacking on those comments from Marty Walsh? From, from players, and, and that's who he represents. What kind of feedback do you get from your players on the mullet experience? What kind of feedback do you get from other organizations and their players about that temporary experience? Sure. Well, from the players that actually were at the previous location, they talk about how this is the better fan experience and how there's more energy, how you have, you know, 5,000 people actually screaming and yelling, and it feels like mullet magic is a reality. And so they really, really see this as a significant upgrade. As far as visiting players, I mean, I think the first thing you hear is, you know, this negativity, them coming in and then they come in, they see the energy. That's the fastest ice in the NHL. And they've said that. Um, and by the way, their visiting locker room is the same size as the home locker room, unlike any other facility mm -hmm. in the NHL. Um, I, I got to tell you, I got to go back to this. You know, in almost 20 years of being in the previous facility, we had 37 gates of a million dollars or more. This year, we will we'll do four. And wow. we will do two others that are 950 and above. Wow. It shows the economic opportunity that exists in this market. This is a hockey town. It's been about a facility. It's been about a location. And being there on a temporary basis validates that. No, and no. you know who knows that more than anybody? The owners do. The Players Association does. Those are facts. You can't, un you can't deny that. And, you know, this, this narrative that this is terrible. Listen, we have invested in it. We have marketed it. We have made this a great experience. And that's what you're seeing. At least we come in and we say mullet magic is real. It has a home ice advantage. Our players feel it. And so does the opposing team. Yep. Javier, always good to catch up with you. Thanks so much for coming in. We're pulling for you in the stadium pursuit. We're pulling for you to get this thing turned around on this road trip. Uh, but again, thank you for your time and coming in. We appreciate it. Guys, thanks so much. Go Yotes. Hey, Javier Gutierrez, President and CEO of the Arizona Coyotes, our guest on Newsmakers Week. Dave Ford's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Time to take a look at the Arizona Sports poll question. Brought to you by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Before we get to Jarrett Carlin's genius sports kebab, we have to go to our website, ArizonaSports.com. It's pretty great, too. And we're looking at today's poll question, talking about heated rivals for Suns players or the Suns, period. Okay. Who is the most hated Suns rival at the moment? Luka and the Mavs. LeBron and the Lakers, Paul George of the Clippers, Draymond Green and the Warriors, or someone else? Uh, that would be HUF. Not HUF for Hall of Fame. It would be HUF. <laughs> Ho, you fat! <laughs> that would be a Y, actually, but hey. Yeah, it was... The answer is Luka. It's Luka. Draymond's doing a lot to close the gap Ooh. this year, though. Yeah, Draymond's probably jumped LeBron. According to our voters, he has. Really? Luka Doncic is leading the way big time. 65% as the most hated Suns rival. 26% say Draymond. 6% say LeBron. 2% other, 1% Paul George. The, the winner is not even on there. Maybe because he's not good enough. Is Patrick Beverly. 
He's yeah, irrelevant I, now. Yeah, I took. His, I know he's, a, but he's the most hated player, right. don't you think, in Phoenix? Jared, what, what mm-hmm. team does he play for? Huh? No idea. Does he? Is he Minnesota? That's the thing. You, you, I think he's with Minnesota. I, I mean, I guess that's why they. But Seventy Sixers. He changes. Did he get traded there? No, he's with Milwaukee now. Shut up. Um, <laughs> He oh, changes no. yeah. outfits Twice more than Lady Gaga during a concert right. stop. Hey. Um, hey. Doesn't look as fierce, his, though. His omission hey. from the poll is the fact that he's he's not good enough to be on that list. Interesting stuff. Thank you, Sarah. Well, listen, I, I think we need to get a poll question out there because you and I are going to be a play-by-play and, a, and an analyst. <laughs> now we're talking. Here. Right? Who's, now we're talking. Got to work on my Canadian accent. Hey. Hey, shoot these cars. Scratch my back with a hacksaw! <laughs> Slap me, silly Sydney! <laughs> Feed me waffles until Tuesday! What? <laughs> what? Thank you, Sarah. That's, That's the uh, Sanderson Ford poll question today on ArizonaSports.com. You on your way! You going to the top! You the next little Bruce, man! Crazy! It's sports news skewered! The Sports Kebab. Real quick, speaking of which, the, the Florida Panthers used to have a play-by-play guy that used to work in movie lines into his into his goal calls. So he'd be, he shoots, he scores. We don't need no stinking badges. It was awesome. Jared, two for two. Are you going to be funny today, a Jared? lifetime 1,000 hitter. What do you got for right. us? Well, 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 well. Guys, we did it. We made it to the end of a very eventful, very entertaining Newsmakers Week. Let's freaking party! Freaking party! I couldn't have been happier to see the tops of Arizona, the legends of the Valley, the greats of Phoenix all come into our studio. Yeah, Einstein Bagel, Sweet Whiter Coffee, Dunkin' Donuts. (laughs) I love seeing them all. (laughs) You see, a great thing about this week is we bring food and drinks for all our guests each morning. And I have to give a shout out to all the delivery people that came to the station in the dark so early in the morning. They were all great, very, very friendly. The Einstein Bagels delivery person talked sports with me. The Sweetwater Coffee person helped me bring up the food. The Dunkin' Donuts delivery person showed me pictures of his wife, Jennifer Lopez. And- <laughs> so I thought that was- now to. To be fair and transparent, Sarah actually really helped bring up the food, helping the guests in the studio. And I also have to give you guys a ton of credit with these interviews on all sorts of topics this week. Uh, talking soccer, NASCAR, golf. I I, don't, I couldn't do it. I wouldn't feel comfortable talking about a sport I hardly knew anything about. Though I guess that's never stopped Reggie Miller. Oh, oh. oh. wow. <laughs> but I really loved having all these big wigs come in. I mean, for example, today. Today we had Michael Bidwell and the director of the Fiesta Bowl. Or in other words, the leader of the Red Sea and Moses. Yo! <laughs> wow. Well done. done. Ah, but it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> it was cool having big stars in the studio like Jerry Colangelo, Monty Austinfort, Kenny Dillingham. I mean, that guest chair saw more famous butts than an MLB photographer. <laughs> photographer. <laughs> photographer. Or photographer. Yeah, either way. Alternative. Yeah, how about those new baseball pants teams oh, have been wearing them. at Spring Trains? Oh, my God. You can see through them. I mean, if those pants were any more thin and white, they'd be dating Travis Kelsey. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see some of these pictures? (laughs) No, what they look like? Some of the pictures that were going around the internet. 
I mean, on the one hand, it's crazy to have pants that you could see through. On the other hand, I appreciate finally being able to tell which players are Jewish. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Now, how does this happen? How does this happen, guys? You should not be able to see through pants like that, especially where you can see through them. For example, the pants in Minnesota. They had no logo, yet some players you could still see the twins. And <laughs> the Minnesota Twins, of course, are their team. Now you can't You can't screw with players' uniforms. It upsets them. In fact, Anthony Rendon said he's so mad he doesn't even want to come to work for the last ten years. <laughs> Who designed these things? I mean, I've seen better material in a Rob Schneider stand-up special. <laughs> I've seen thicker pants on Cher at the Oscars. <laughs> These pants were thinner than the script for Madam Web. <laughs> Did they even look at them before they sent them to the players? These pants were more flimsy and see-through than Justin Fields' excuses for unfollowing the Bears. Mm. And I feel bad for the players. The players that had to wear these see-through pants. Even Shohei Otani, the biggest star. Shohei Otani had to wear them. And if you look closely, you could see his giant wallet. <laughs> A wallet. This, wallet. These, these baseball pants were thin. How thin were they? They were so thin. LeBron put a headband on them to cover them up. <laughs> These baseball pants. I'm t did you? They have pictures everywhere. Did you see them? What do they look like, Jared? They were so thin. How thin were they? They were so thin. They spent last weekend defending their sports all-star game oh. as commissioner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, NBA commissioner and plucked vulture carcass, Adam Silver. <laughs> In the news last week, uh, he criticized the NBA All-Star Game, which set records for scoring and was unwatchable because of the lack of defense. And this brings up this in conclusion here. Okay, we'll close with Jared Karnak, the Magnificent. Okay. <clears throat> 211 points. 211 points. Uh, how would you describe the curvature of Adam Silver's body? <laughs> there you go. You're ending on a Karnak. Yeah, ending on it. Oh, man. It's, dare I say Jarrett went three for wow. three? He did. Okay. Went three for three. That was good. Uh, you, uh, look, has there ever been more topical, timely, perfect material for you than that? You can baseball you don't want to see how thin that material you ever see that? is. You, you can tell how, play ball. You can tell how much I prepare ahead of time for this. That these pants were unveiled yesterday afternoon, and eighty percent of my sports yeah, club was right. about them. Yeah. Well, it thank worked. you. It was great. Yeah. The Minnesota Twins joke is one of my favorites of all. Oh, oh thank you. I have a joke that I could offer. I'm not sure it would get through censors. I'm not sure. I'm not. A few of these would get through censors. That's why, that's why we don't bring up the censors on the air anymore. <laughs> a biblical version of the uh, sports kebab with Jarrett Carlin. You could find him on Jarrett uh, on uh, X at Jarrett GC J A R. R-E-T-T-G-C. We gotta wrap this up. A busy, busy week. Newsmakers Week is in the books. Here on Bickley Murata Mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local
local sports leader. Weekly and Murata. Song of the day. by the words of Dan Bickley. Suns fans asking, what have I done to deserve this? How you feel about the Pet Shop Boys? Um, West End Girls is, uh, is, a, is a vibe. Yeah? Yeah. I'd say Pet Shop Boys is in my top 20 favorite bands of all time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Not necessarily this song, but this fits the words of Dan Bickley today. Mm. Okay. Going all the way back to 1987 with help from the legendary Dusty Springfield. Dusty Springfield, Rick Springfield. Springfield, Illinois. Basketball Hall of Fame in Springfield, Springfield. Massachusetts. Uh, This is What Have I Done to Deserve This. We're not going to subject you to listening to more to uh, get to the lyrics or the, the chorus, but just trust us. Today's song of the day by Pet Shop Boys. Bickley and Murata going off the grid. Off the grid. Brought to you by Sweet James Accident Attorneys. If you've been hurt in an accident, call Sweet James at 800-500-5200 or sweetjames.com. Four days, 23 Arizona sports guests. 258 pounds of uneaten Danish. (laughs) Mmm. Countless, countless uh, gallons of coffee. Uh, Newsmakers Week 2024 is in the books. Thanks to everybody who uh, who participated and listened. And this week started back on Tuesday after the holiday. So you got nothing going this weekend. You want to catch up on some really, really good content, at least in my opinion, and uh, hear what's going on in the Valley sports scene, the Arizona sports scene. Catch up on those interviews on ArizonaSports.com mm-hmm. and the Arizona Indeed. Sports app. And also lots of videos on the YouTube channel. Yes. On every, every kind of a new element uh, yeah. to Newsmakers Week this this week due to our, our growing uh, video efforts. Kind of a different component, so that worked out well as well. Uh, let's start with what we heard today. Uh, Michael Bidwell, we already reflected on, on what he said and the optimism around the Arizona Cardinals. I thought Eric Moses had some interesting things to say, but I want to focus on our, our last guest, Javier Gutierrez. Coyotes president again trying to get that message out there on uh, you know you you asked him about misinformation and that is undeniable there is a lot of misinformation a lot of preconceived notions about what the what the a Coyotes are trying to do there's there a is. lack of, then there's there a there's a lack of trust that I think has been preyed upon maybe by um, adversarial forces and like I said the continuing the, the continue drumbeat of the NHLPA is uh, is very very odd to me. I, I can understand coming out and saying it once, but barking at him a couple of different times, I just like, what's what's the common good in that? So, yeah. Yeah, and uh, look, I'm sure Marty Walsh from his position is hearing some feedback from his contingency of players. That's why I wanted to ask about the experience of the Coyotes players. And with, with the stress being on the word temporary, um, I wonder, we didn't have time to get into this. You know, let, let's just play the optimistic side of, of things, Beck. Mm-hmm. That this new stadium project does get approved. We're years away from, from that becoming a reality. 
How long can Mullet Arena be the temporary solution? Well, that's that's the whole thing. I, I think once once the Coyotes get that shovel in the ground, then they're home free. Until then, all bets are off. So again, so that's to say that that once they buy that, it's secure a piece of land and actually get the shovels in the ground, then they're safe. Yes, but as you point and out, hopefully that's soon. Yeah. But again, they're they're aware of this. That's as Javier Gutierrez made it very very clear. They're very very aware of this. Yeah, but you pointed it out too with with this being a you know different way to go about obtaining the land as opposed mm-hmm. to just purchasing it. Mm-hmm. It is public land, so it's up for auction. Could take and a, there's could a take lot. A more, yeah, there's a lot more stuff that goes down. Yes, uh, that's going to do it for us All on right. Newsmakers Week. Real quick list of who we interviewed this week: Tori Lavello, Bryce Drew, Willie Bloomquist, Bobby Hurley, Brian Mueller, Andre Turney, Bridget Binsbacher, Brent Brennan, Kenny Dillingham, Nick Uren, George Simpson, Bobby Dooley, Danny Stone, Monty Austin, Fort Derek Hall, Jerry Colangelo, Josh Bartlestein, Jay Perry, Latasha Causey, Michael Bidwell, Eric Moses. Javier Gutierrez, all in four days of programming. Thanks to everybody who made it possible, all the organizations for uh, participating, to Jarrett, to Sarah, to Aaron Maloney for all the work that they did on uh, Newsmakers Indeed. Week. what he said. I'm going to put my feet up. I might have a cold one. We'll see you Monday. We leave what a that. jerk face. <laughs> Is he the worst? Speaking of the worst, Jarrett Carlin's here. Think about how you came here with a bunch of suitcases and maybe, what, four or $500 in your pocket, right? I, I didn't have that much money. <laughs> I had 300 Jared's the oldest person on this show, in my opinion. You've never sung better, Jared. There's a recording studio here in town that uh, the dame frequents quite frequently. Le Habitant. Oh. Old man, get off my list. Unleash the show. Defense. Defense. Ernie Banks. Joe Papatone. Cubs. <laughs> Billy Williams. Cubs. Guy in a sausage. When you face adversity. No, yeah. You can either hide or you can make yeah. something of yourself. Hello. I love gold. Calamitous, yeah. I say. A Travis mockery. Well, that's not very nice. He destroyed his legacy. We He's a son's hater. Take this down. He's not one of us. Busy, busy, busy. Yes. The fact that we're fitting it in at all just yeah. makes my heart happy. A lot of rubbing and bumping. And Once like, I pull it, I better use it. Do they also have hometown glizzies? Jared, you're our favorite putz. <laughs> better be a big chicken. You can't have balls flying at your face after a nose surgery. We're in no rush as long as we do it right now. It's time to change. you got to rearrange. NASCAR, you've got some work to do. We do not want to upset Patty Cazell. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> If there's one thing we know on this show, it's rap.